I'm just gonna jump right into it. <laughs> no, no edits, no special intros, nothing like that. Just, I'm just gonna jump into it. I, uh, I've already gotten a, like a, like an email or two asking, where have I been? <laughs> you know, cause it's pretty late for the upload. And I have no idea how long this, uh, this episode's gonna be. So if you don't want to listen to it, I totally understand. You really don't have to. I just um I feel like the I feel like there's a there is an energy, <laughs> a some 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 sort of power at B that is really trying to get me to stop uh progressing in life cuz I I I swear I've never had this bad of luck ever in my entire life. I suppose, you know things like that I, I guess you're doing something right you know when the universe tries to oppose you as hard as as hard as it can so i'm gonna keep this episode really casual um so i guess before i talk about me man this week has been crazy huh you know everything with the with the chris rock situation and everything a little interesting i've never seen the internet so focused on a topic except for this one really intriguing um but yeah i mean i i know that there's this ongoing debate um between if will smith was in the right or wrong i i i don't think I don't think he he should have done that, you know. I and I'm not gonna get into it because I honestly I really don't care. I don't care enough to get into it. I just find it interesting that people are going back and forth because to me that's a no brainer, you know. Don't put your hands on somebody. Oh, but he was talking about his wife. And listen, if you hit a certain point of celebrity, you're not excused from jokes. It's 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 a part of the nature of the job. It is what it is, you know? Like, I, I, I don't... I, I just don't get it. Like, why do you have to get so mad? Oh, but they've had history before, and well... So? Everybody's had history with each other, you know, in their inner circles. I just... I just think what gets me is the quality of it, right? He slapped him over... A, it was like a dad joke, you know? Something small and puny and... I just don't see why that's, like, if he went crazy, I mean, if he was, like, going in, I get it, but I don't know. But anyway, I, I, yeah, that's pretty much the biggest current event uh, for the world <laughs> that I've been paying attention to. Otherwise, uh, oh, man, have you guys, actually, you know what, that's not true. Have you guys been seeing this whole thing about the Bidens and the laptop thing and all that? That's crazy. That's insane. The stuff that I've been hearing around, I have no idea how true any of this is. But from what I've been hearing, I've heard some crazy things. Like, uh, I've been reading and I've been, like, listening to people at the supermarket and stuff. And they're saying that uh, that there's rumors that there is some intense things on Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, we're talking about um, things involving children, if you, if you know what I mean. And it's, it's, holy moly, it's, uh, it's really interesting to see what's happening on the DC side. Now, I'm, I was talking to, uh, to someone that I know, 
on a personal level, uh, really close to me. And they're kind of a conspiracy theorist, you know, they kind of lean towards that spectrum. And they were telling me that, uh, that there's a constant pattern with the media. And I don't know how true this is, <laughs> but they were saying there's a constant pattern within the media, at least the American media. I don't know how it is anywhere else in the world, but they're saying that there's this constant pattern. And the pattern is, is that in order to, like, if something big is going to happen on somebody who's like corrupt, if you will, then the media will stir something up to, um, it's like a sense of misdirection, you know, they're misdirecting the attention of what really should be focused on to something else. Does that make sense? And so apparently there's a conspiracy. I don't know how true it is, but apparently like the slap was staged. So everybody can be focused on this while this whole like hunting hunter, well, Hunter Biden laptop thing is, uh, you know, being talked about and stuff, which I, which I found interesting. And then they told me to like, look in the past at the patterns and there have been some small patterns that I actually have been noticing. Um, I can't think of any on the top of my head, but, and that's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, but I'll try to find some, um, maybe next time when I do my opening current events. But yeah, no, man, I, I, man, I'm hearing some crazy things that, uh, that keeps coming out about, or like small rumors, nothing major to hit the light, but, um, just, it's just really interesting, you know, that that's a thing that's being spoken about. So now it's time for the, uh, for the big kahuna. <laughs> I'm not going to light a candle this, this week. Um, if you guys want to go ahead, I'll give you some time. Um. But yeah, I got a pretty cool email. Um, the person didn't say if they were okay with me sharing it. So I don't want to say their name. All I'm going to say is their initials, MP. Wrote me this really cool email in regards to my Interstate 82 or 84 journey to Yakima. Yakima, Washington. And it was a really cool email. Really, really neat email. I won't read the entire email just because, once again, he didn't he didn't specify if I could share it. Um, but there's this really cool part that I, and I guess this is why I want to read it, but or I guess there's two things. But the, but the first thing, uh, and this is in the middle of the email. I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, he says, quote, just as an example, I took her, his girlfriend, I took her to Grandfather Mountain in North Carolina for the Highland event. Missed the first bus up the mountain, and then the second bus, there was a couple in front of us that was talking. Oh, that, that overheard us talking. When my girlfriend mentioned PNW, uh, the Pacific Northwest, um, he was trying to talk, sorry, I, sh I guess I should give some sort of context. I'm off my rocker and I'm going to get to that. He was talking about, uh, how there's, um, synchronicity 
things that are like really weird and really coincidental, you know. Um, because when I was talking about going to Yakima, turns out he 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 has a girlfriend still currently. Which congratulations, you guys are doing it for so long. Um, she lived there in Yakima like the whole time, and then just it wasn't until like just a few years shy that she decided to move. So that's really interesting. Um, which it shocked him. But anyway, <clears throat> so he was saying that, uh, his girlfriend was talking about, you know, the Pacific Northwest and he says, then this lady spun around and began quizzing her as to where she was from. As it turned out, they had gone to the same high school together and the lady had moved to North Carolina after her graduation. This stuff happens to us all the time. If you ever want to hear about other odd connections slash synchronicity stories, then tell us, oh, that have happened to us, then let us know or let me know. Maybe others have had similar stories. So that's number one. And that's why I read that part was because if anybody has had any weird stories like that, I will really like to hear that because that's that's an interesting topic, you know, synchronicity. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, so that's so that's really cool. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. The, the, the whole email is just awesome. Um, and I want to thank you guys for all the emails that I get. If there's anybody who, uh, you know, who's a little shy, please don't be scared to email me. Just do it. Just, just write me. I don't bite. Um, I do try to respond to everybody as fast as I can. Like, I think recently I just was able to respond to Zed. <laughs> Just because, you know, life's been busy and all that. So I do I do need to respond to you, Mr. MP. You know who you are. Those are your initials. And I will do my uh, my darndest to respond to you. I've just been a little crazy. And I'm going to get to why I got a little crazy. Um, oh, but my second thing. He also, he also talked about my part of family. Um, about me moving away from my family and things like that. If I remembered correctly, I was talking about how I'm estranged to my family and that my family kind of sucks. <laughs> not my, not my, like, um, not my, not my close family. My, my extended, my extended family is the one that sucks. Except for that one uncle who's just, I mean, the guy's really just the salt of the earth. He really is a, a great guy. Um, which he came back. He came back from seeing me. I think I'm going to have a segment. I don't I don't know how long it'll last because I don't know if he's going to keep on doing this job. Because it seems like he's ready to stop the road life. But I was thinking about doing this really cool segment once a week. I do like an update on my uncle. <laughs> and ask him where, where he's going, where he's driving, which state from which state. You know, that'd be cool. You know, maybe like catching it up with Tuesday's uncle. I don't know. Just like a cool segment in the beginning of every episode, I was thinking about doing that. Uh, as of right now, he's actually, as of yesterday, he was in Wyoming. And now he's on, he's actually on his way to Minnesota, which I guess he should be there by today. So that's really cool. Um, I think I, he must be there by now. Uh, today being um, the Saturday, April 2nd, 2022. But yeah, but the point about family and I, and I wasn't, I really wasn't going to focus on this, but I feel like maybe now I have to. 
when I talked about my family and that they kind of suck and that I'm kind of estranged from them, um, I want to clarify something. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want people to think that I hate the concept of family. I love family. Um, I just think the meaning of that word is dying in this day and age. Does that make any sense? Like, I feel like it, it doesn't have the weight that it used to back then. Um, and I won't name drop anybody, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. And this is, this is one of the plethora of reasons why I don't really talk to that side of the family. When I was younger, one of my uncles, uh, I think I have like five or four uncles. I don't really care to remember now. Um, but one of my uncles um, would always tell me, hey, Tuesday, um, hey, man, let's let's go out and let's let's go to Denny's or something. I like Denny's. OK, I don't care what people think that it's dirty. I like Denny's. I think it's great. Their, their, their Grand Slam hamburger thing, sensational. Screw off, man. I, uh, <laughs> I really do like Denny's. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Um, the, the thing with Denny's, and here's like a little, you know, like a little side nosh. The thing with Denny's is that it's a hit or miss. Depending on the location and depending on the time and day, you're either going to have one of the greatest meals of your life or you're going to have the worst but I feel like if you go to an IHOP, it's pretty neutral. Like, it, it usually is consistently like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. You know? But anyway, I, uh, you know, so he would tell me like, hey, man, let's go to a Denny's. Oh, hey, let's let's go to, uh, let's go to Wynwood, which is in Miami. You know, he would say things like that. And I'll be like, yeah. And I would get all dressed. I'm like 16, right? And I would get all dressed, you know. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd put my clothes on, I'd sit down and I'm like, whoa. And then he'd go, um, he'd go, okay, man, I'm, I'm going to call you when I'm on my way. He never called. And I would sit on that couch waiting for him so I can run out the door. And I'd sit there for four hours, not four hours. I mean, four, like the number four for four hours. I would sit there waiting and my mom would come home and she'd be like, I thought you said you were leaving. And I'd look at her and I'd go, yeah, well, I thought so too. And then I'd get undressed and I, you know, I change into like my lounging clothes, my loungewear. And he, and he still wouldn't text. Weeks would go by and then, and then he'd do the same thing all over again. Hey man, dude, I'm so sorry about last time. Let's go. I don't know. Let's go go-karting. I'd be like, whoa. And then I'd put my clothes back on. And I'd wait for him on the couch and rinse and repeat. And he did that to me on many occasions. And that sucks. That sucks. Because growing up as a kid, that's all I ever wanted. Because my father, God bless his heart. Seriously, bless him. But my father would always say, family's so important. And he drilled that into, uh, into my head. And of course, my brother's head as well. Um... And, you know, we would sit there and we're like, yeah, yeah. And it would suck when it, when like, we would be, you know, they would fail us. They really would. They would fail us. And it, and it sucked, man. 
really bad. So there were times where we just, you know, my brothers and I would go through these crazy things with, with, uh, with the family and we wouldn't know what to do, you know? Anyway, I, um, yeah. And so it's things like that, you know, and that's one of the many. I know some people are like, well, listen, you, you may think it's nothing. I don't know. I think it's something. Um, but, and it's, and it just, it's just things that pile on and on and on and on and on. Um, it was funny. I was actually earlier today, I, I was talking to a friend of mine and her and I were going back and forth and she told me, cause I've been working on something as like a, just like for fun, you know, it's kind of like therapy for me. Um, I guess it's, I guess it's like a story. Nothing crazy. I'm talking bare minimum story where I'm just writing a plot, you know, and I've done that for years. I have like a pile of just these like concepts and plots and things like that um, where, you know, I could, you know, when I feel like, yeah, I'm pretty much done with the synopsis. I just toss it to the side and I've thrown a lot of them away. Like there's a whole bunch of them that are probably just destroyed now in the middle of a landfill somewhere down in Florida. But anyway, I was talking, I'm saying this because I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, so, you know, hey, are you still writing that story? And I'm like, yeah. And this one, I really like this one a lot. Really, like a lot. And if I ever gain enough weight, I want to see if I could pitch it um, to someone. I, I won't say what kind of genre it is or what kind of, form of entertainment it is because you know there's a whole bunch of them um movies books games you know so i don't know how i want to do it but you know that's that's for the far future i mean that's talking like you know reach for the stars so if you fall then you can land on a cloud you know that kind of status you know um but anyway we 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 were talking and i told her because okay so she so she asked me a question. She said, you know, how come you never pursued this? And I told her, I said, you know, and I, and I can't believe I never like, when I was younger, I never wanted to form this sentence. I never did. And I don't know. I think it just hurt. But now I hit this age where now my whole entire focus is now on the podcast. So I could, I think now I'm able to like share it. But I told her, I said, cause I had no one I was a kid, you know, and, and I know it's like, yeah, but you know, you shouldn't let it have affected you so much. And that's true. So a part of me is to blame, but I, um, I never had anybody who would support me with that, you know, cause when, when I was a kid, I only cared about, like, I cared about games. Like I was, <laughs> and I'm not trying to brag, but like, I feel like when it came to video games, I was the head, like I was ahead of the curve. Like I saw, I saw, like I, I had a vision (laughs) of what it is today back then. Like I'm talking like 2006, 2007. Like I saw it as a kid. I'm like, oh, it's going to be huge. Games are going to do like, they're going to take over, man. And everybody was like, no, it's not. It's just a phase. It's just a fad. It's going to die out. Movies and TV shows are still going to be a thing, which they are, which they are. Don't get me wrong, but video games um, are, have just transcended everything. 
you know and as a kid i like had so many concepts of games and things like that like that's as a kid that's what i wanted to do really bad was do like storylines for games and stuff and a great person uh who pretty much is living my dream <laughs> is haido kojima he's a he's a japanese video game creator creative director things like that i that's essentially what I wanted to do. I, you know, I wanted to be like him. Um, I wanted to, to do stories and great, you know, mechanics in a game and things like that. And anytime I would try to like share my ambitions, my aspirations, I, man, I got slammed, I slammed, you know, uh, people would tell me, oh, I'm wasting my time. I need to find something, you know, I need to find something more fruitful. I need to do this. I need to do that. And, you know, it was just this constant, repetitive, um, um, tearing of, like, it was tearing down whatever, you know, whatever ideas that I had. And it really affected me, um, like, a great deal. And, of course, my, you know, that side of the family, the one I'm talking about, they were a part of it, you know. Like, two out of the four uncles... Oh my gosh, like, if I even had a, if, um, if I even had, like, a video game handheld thing in my hand, one of them would go, you know you're just wasting your time with that, right? And it was like, well, thanks, I'm a kid, and you guys are boring, so, like, one of my uncles would always go, hey, how come, you know, you should probably put that thing down, and come, come and spend time with us. And as a kid, I, you know, I did, I didn't have, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have the gall, you know, I, I, I didn't have the guts to just tell him, well, you guys suck <laughs> and I want to escape and enter this fictional world, you know, like that's just what I wanted to do. Um, but anyway, I digress. I'm saying this because I was, I, uh, my friend and I were talking, you know, oh, yeah, so, you know, we say all this, and I, you know, and I tell her, I go, you know, I never had anyone to encourage me, and that was them, you know, they never did any encouragement for me, they never, you know, so I felt like I was, you know, it was a constant um, struggle with them, and they are the type of people that anywhere you go, there's drama, there always has to be drama. They can never accept life for what it is. You know, there always has to be something lingering just a few inches out of view. You know, there always has to be something. There always has to be some sort of um, some sort of hoopla. And if not that, then they will just leave you high and dry. They never cared about like they and, and they still don't. But they don't care about their own kind at all. I um I uh, I've reached a point where. Like, I never told them that I was leaving. I just left. I just left. Of course, my parents knew, you know, and I, we had like a cool little thing and blah, blah, blah. And then I moved out and I went straight to Utah. You know, never told them. Never told them at all. I told them about Japan. They only cared because I was going to Japan. <laughs> Not because of me. They only, they, 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 they only cared about Japan. Oh, hey, I know somebody who's moving to Japan. And then it was like this like Facebook post or this Instagram post. That's all they wanted. You know, social media creates animals, man. I am a firm believer of anti-social media. Like, it, 
it's really destructive if done wrong. And uh, I actually am completely off grid. I only did a TikTok just because I could see potential in it, you know. Anything else, I probably will never do. I'll I'll never, I, I seriously, I'll probably never have an Instagram. I will probably never, um, I'll probably just never really create certain things because I just don't see the point in it, you know. When it comes to a podcast, that's different. At least I feel like it's like having your own radio show, you know. So that's pretty cool. But no, I, um, and they, of course, were, you know, this, this animal that was created by, um, by social media. But, you know, I guess I'm, I guess I'm just trying to show you guys all these negative things about them. So you can understand why I talked about them and why I still will talk about them the way that I do, except for that one uncle who I drove 10 hours for. He's the only one who will, you know, who will look at you and go, Hey man, you want to go fishing? Let's go. You know? And like, so one week, (laughs) so probably when I, uh, the day after I uploaded the last episode, which would be a Wednesday. I got a call from him. That would be um, March the 30th. I got a phone call from him. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Whoa. Wrong. That would be March 23rd. March 23rd. I got a phone call from him. And he goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm coming back to Utah. I, I have to cut through there. I, I have to go to Seattle. You win? Oh, I, I told him, yeah, but... Oh, sorry. I I told him, yeah, but I just... Uh, things came up and I had to cancel. But the but just the idea that he even offered was amazing. And that was the unfortunate thing. Um, I never really experienced that, so I thought, yeah, dude, let's do it. You know, and... Anyway, he's a great guy. Great. Um... And it's just, anyway, I guess what I'm, I guess with this whole thing, I'm just trying to say family is important to me. Like I, I understand the importance of it. I really do. But there has to be a line in the sand to where you, you can only take, and it, listen, you don't have to be blood to be family. You really don't. But there has to be some line in the sand when it comes to your own mental well-being or just you you know just your own well-being in general hanging around somebody for too long who's just toxic is horrible now imagine that as a group of people where it was just so much toxicity so much i mean horrible negative behavior oh it was so gross i don't think i've been when it comes to like people i don't think i've been more stable Ever since I left South Florida, including that family. Because they were atrocious. They were atrocious. And, like, I've never told them about the podcast. I think I've said this already, but I don't know. But I've never said anything about the podcast. Only my, my mom and dad know. That's it. Anyone else, they have no idea. I never told them anything. I never said anything to them. And I probably never will, you know. And so I guess I'm saying this um, because I just I just want you guys to see the transparency. You know, um, a part of the email 
and this is why I also said this was because uh, Mr. MP said when you talked about moving away from your family, it felt like it was some sort of God thing. Uh, we want to move to Wyoming and listening to you discuss moving away from your family uh, from Florida really spoke to me. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just felt like it was some sort of confirmation from God that perhaps it's time to move. So I guess, you know, hey, perhaps he's going through something like that. And if you're listening, Mr. MP, um, I can, I'm telling you, um, it's a really vulgar saying, but <laughs> mainly because it cusses. But you have to cut the crust off this poop sandwich. You know, there's, un unfortunately, you have to cut people off, e even if they're blood, you know, even, and Listen, I, I'm not saying jump to that conclusion anytime you feel contention. No, 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 no. Please, who, whoever's listening, don't think, hey, if they suck, then just cut them off. No, do that as a last resort. Do that when you have been, um, when when you are expired. Do that when when every fiber of your being has been just used, has when that well has been dried out. That's the only way that I feel as if you should be comfortable using it because of the long term. You know, in the long run, you need to be in a position to sit there and say, hey, I did everything. I walked away because I literally couldn't do it anymore. I was expired. That... You have exercised every ounce of my willpower and I need to cut you off. It's great for your own mental health. You know, it's great for you in the long run to go. I did that. But if someone just went, oh, hey, like, really? You want to wear those pants? And then you go, okay, see ya. Then you know what? Get the hell out of my life. I'm gone. Whoa. You know, it's like, come on. That's not, that's not logical. You know, that's not good. You have to do it in a position, at least from, from my point of view. I feel like you have to do it from a position where you can say, dude, I tried. Because if any one of them was to call me, and I feel like this is like the ultimate checkmate. If any one of those uncles somehow got to listen to this podcast, one, I'm not going to shy behind it. Um, but if any one of them called me tomorrow and said, hey, Tuesday, uh, what the heck, man? I just listened to this podcast and, it, and apparently you're, you're the host and you know, you've, you've been ragging on us. I'm going to go one. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to hide behind it. I'm going to go. Oh yeah, of course I did. Why? What's up, man? Well, that sucked. And I want to know why, you know, because that's not true. I'm going to go. Actually, all of it is true. 100% it's true. And if they ever try to go, but you, but, but you never did this. I'm going to go, ah, actually I did. I did everything for you, man. I did everything that I could that somebody that young could do, you know, as a 16 year old kid being told, Hey man, let's go. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to make up something. Hey, let, let's go to Circus Soleil. I'll pick you up in 20 minutes. Woohoo. And you put on your clothes and you wait. And then four hours go by and nothing, not even a phone call. And before anybody says, well, did you text them? Absolutely. I did. I would write and go, hey, man, just let me know when you're here an hour later. Hey, just so you know, I'm all good. 
nothing. I'll be left on red. And that's what sucks. <laughs> that's what sucked, man. So I can say to them, no, 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 no. This happened because of you. Because you sucked that bad. I don't like I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, like that's something that I feel like you should at least I feel like that that's the right path to go down. Put yourself in a position to where you know that you did everything right. You know? So when it comes to, you know, when it comes to that, I'm not saying you need to move away from them different states. No, 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 no. But if there's something in you that's been dealing with the bullcrap for years, I mean years, and like when you stare at them, and you have like just this like thought in the back of your head that goes, I hate these people. They don't care about me. They don't care. So what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm wasting my time. You know, when you start having those thoughts and you, you shouldn't have to debate yourself whether you need to go to this family event or not. If you really like that family, it should be a no brainer. Hey, listen, uh, uncle, Uncle Charles is gonna have a uh, is gonna have a barbecue. Whoa, dude! First thing, I, the first thing out of your mouth should be yes. When? And if they go Thursday, if you say no, that is not because of a genuine good excuse. Like, oh, dude, I have this exam, I can't do it. Or, oh, I work that day and I can't take off. Darn it! If that doesn't come out of your mouth, if you if you are if you have an open schedule that day and you have to debate whether you should lie about it or not that's not healthy it's not and i'll do that every time as soon as my dad will go hey man uncle so-and-so wants to do a barbecue and you're invited i'll sit there and go oh my gosh do i really yeah of course no, i really don't want to i really don't want to and i'm not going to keep talking about family i'm going to wrap it up here but i will say this before anybody emails me and says, but they're your family. You should reconcile the, the relationship. You should rebond. You know, you should make amends. You know, re reconciliation and restitution is the way to go. First of all, stop. Yes, that's true. Obviously, you should always try to, you know, to mend that relationship back together. I'm saying, where's the line in the sand then? Because you cannot keep that in your life, especially if they refuse to change, you know? Anyway, enough of that. I'm just saying, family, please please don't think I'm like anti-family or family sucks. No, families are great, you know? Look at Vin Diesel in every Fast and the Furious movie. Family. You know, you sit down, you have a barbecue, talk about life. No one looks at their cell phones. You're all, you know, engaging. Boom. It's great. It's amazing. It's just some people just aren't family. They don't treat you like family. And there should be a line in the sand to where you have to say enough is enough. So let's go down to the main point of this episode. <laughs> Transitioning. Beep-boop. Let me tell you what happened. And let me tell you why I'm so scattered brain. in case if you haven't even noticed. Last Sunday, 
which is basically one week exactly ago. I uh, at the time of this recording. Because this is probably as fresh as I'm going to make it. Like, as soon as I'm done, it's I'm just going to upload it. So, this is this is really fresh. Um, And no, I had nothing pre-scheduled to, like, upload on Tuesday. So, that's why I'm having to record this right now at 3.06 in the morning. The witching hour. Ooh. Last Sunday, I got a call from a friend. I was asked to go camping with them. And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's go for it. We hopped in my 1971 Volkswagen Transporter. Gorgeous little car. I love that. I say little. It's actually little. Pretty big. It's pretty big. But we hopped into my 1971 Volkswagen Transporter. We had three dogs in the in the bus and just a crap ton of camping stuff, right? We jump in the bus. We start cruising. And I'm going down, if, if anyone's in Utah, I we decided to camp um, in a, well, at least we were, we were trying to, uh, but we were, we were going through Spanish Fork Canyon in Utah. You can look it up right now. I just did. Um, but we were cutting through Spanish Fork, Utah. I'm trying to find the interstate. It's like US 6 or something like that. I don't know. But we were cutting through. Ah, there it is. Yes. Yep. US 6. Spanish Fork, Utah. And we were cutting right through that. We we were going to go camping in this place called. Um, oh, what was it? Diamond Fork or something like that. Diamond's Fork. Diamond Fork Road. It's just it's just probably about like maybe two, three miles up when you're going southbound towards price. You're going southbound. Um and it's like three, four, five miles into the canyon, you make a left, and it's gorgeous. If if anybody has been to the hot springs in Spanish Fork, that's where the camping spot is at. You go a little bit past the hot springs and there's this beautiful spot and it's sensational. Why am I saying all this? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. We were driving through there. And I understand the limits of, a, of an old Volkswagen engine. Those Type 2s, Type 1s, all that, you know, they have... You can't really go over 65. And I wasn't. I was pushing probably 63, 60. And I had my hazards on to let everybody know, hey, I'm a slow car. And uh, people, it was going smooth. Oh, so smooth. You, sh you should have seen it. It was gorgeous. And we were probably about a mile away from our turn. And the whole bus just shuts off on me. It, like, and I'm talking, it dies. The engine is... And it just... And my foot is like pedal to the metal i'm talking it was floored and it and it just died like it the engine just lost breath and it shut off on me as, as i was pushing 60 so i pulled the hazards on i went off to the side of the road and uh, i just coasted until i hit like this decent spot and i went around to the engine because i thought what the heck is that 
go around in the engine. I lift open the uh, the hatch to the engine bay. And there's this insulation piece that the previous owner had put. He put like this insulation piece. And it fell. I guess somehow just the glue or the adhesive gave out. And this insulation aluminum piece fell right on top of the engine. Those old Volkswagen, uh, the engines are air-cooled people. They're not water-cooled. They're air-cooled. They need air to cool them down. And it works well. It works great. The problem is, is when that insul is is when the insulated piece lands on top of the engine. It keeps the heat right. It, it just encapsulates it right on top of it, and it overheated the whole thing. And it just it sucked. It because th the engine didn't overheat because I was being stupid. No. The engine overheated because this thing just landed right on top of it. I say overheated. It, it it obviously did get too hot for the thermometer to kick in and turn it off. Um there might be a few things. But anyway, I I was out there till four in the morning. So I broke down at five PM and I didn't get home till four in the morning. And I felt so defeated. Cause that I love that car. That's, that's, fun fact, that's my first ever car. And I bought it three years ago <laughs> in 2019. In 2019 was when I, was when I bought it. 2,500 bucks. 25 American dollars. Oh, 2,500, sorry. 2,500 American US dollars. That's a steal. I robbed that man <laughs> for that car. He just didn't want it. He he wanted it gone. And who was I to ignore him? I said, sure, yeah, I'll take it. My goal was to live in it, which I, I guess I kind of am. I don't really have an address, but I digress. I um, He's a great man. That, that whole family is great. Just a great set of people. Uh, they live in Springville, and I actually, from time to time, I frequent Springville. So I hope nobody, <laughs> hope nobody from that area is listening, and they're going, wait a minute, old Volkswagen bus? I see that thing on the road all the time. Well, you probably won't for a while, because <laughs> it's kind, kind of, the engine is torn apart right now. Uh, my uncle, the one who's traveling, um, FJ, if you will. I think that's what I called them because those are his initials, FJ. FJ came by and he he took a look at it. He we took it apart and we 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 weren't able to finish it. But my father thinks it's a different thing. But anyway, that's I just man, when I was out there for those 11 hours, it sucked. It sucked so bad having to sit there and just get my butt kicked. From everything. It was. Oh, so I eat. Evidently I had a call in a tow truck. Got it towed. Um, back to the address. I actually use. I used the address of the person. That I bought it from. 
He's a great guy. He lets me use his address all the time. Um, in fact, J.L. Patterson would know that. <laughs> Shout out to you, Mr. Patterson. Um, but no, I, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of struggling with a car right now. I'm currently staying at his place for a little bit until, you know, I can get back on the road. Um, but for now, I just, you know, it's a bummer. It really is. It sucks. And that's why I'm so scattered brain because there are so many events that happened, so much fatigue that I haven't even recovered from it yet. I've just been that tired. Like my schedule has been messed up to the point that it just, it's unbearable at times. So when it, so I broke down Sunday evening or afternoon going into Monday morning. So when I got home, I only had, and I didn't have uh, an, an episode prepped or anything. So, and I was planning on coming back with these cool camping stories and, and that all failed. And I just, oh man, that really sucked, you know? Anyway, when I came home, I only had a few hours to do a few, you know, to make like a podcast episode and edit it and all that. And I thought, no, I can't, man, I'm too tired. And then Wednesday came, still too tired. Thursday and Friday came, couldn't do it. I'm just dead. And so now I have this, basically the bus is a shell. If if anybody knows anything about the automotive industry, if it doesn't have an engine, doesn't have a transmission, it's a shell. That's all it is. Just a piece of aluminum. Doesn't matter what parts you put into it otherwise, it's a shell. And so currently I just have a shell sitting there. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm not going to get too geeky on cars. It's just, man, that sucked. But believe it or not, I actually have a really, really creepy. So something creepy happened to me. Two things, actually. It was kind of weird. Two things happened to me out there um, when I was stranded. I say stranded, but when I was broken down, I actually ended up calling a friend and he saved my life. He saved. So shout out to my Tahitian friend out there. Love you, brother. Uh, you rock. <laughs> you kick butt. Um, thank you for saving me. You saved me, man. And on top of that, that insurance guy, freaking. So I, I, I have Allstate. Amazing, amazing. Like, I called, and someone from Allstate eventually got a hold of me, and they were per- so professional. It was amazing. I loved it. Anyway, I, uh, yeah, I. So I called a friend, he came by, picked up my other friend, and I told him, I said, hey, take her home. She lived like 20 minutes away. So I said, listen, take her home. I'm going to wait here with the bus because the truck, because the tow truck driver, I think, I think it was supposed to take him like an hour and a half to get to me. So I, you know, I said, hey, um, I'm going to wait by the bus in case he gets here early. So he knows that, you know, because I said, I told the, uh, the agent, I said, I'm going to be with the vehicle. So I said, just take her home and just come back for me. And he says, yeah, sure. So he hopped in his, his car and he took her home and I was alone. And I was sitting there and I didn't know how much battery life I had because, um, the generator 
in in the car, it wasn't charging the battery anymore. So I didn't know how much life I had in it. And so I kind of turned off my parking lights. Like I turned all the lights off completely. And I was sitting there in the middle of this canyon on this interstate road alone. And there was like moments where no cars were coming on that highway for like five minutes at a time. It was really weird, really interesting. I haven't experienced that since on my way to Yakima. And that was, it's, it's weird how that, how, how now once I experience it, it happened again shortly after I experienced it the first time. But I sat there and I was relaxing and I hear like gravel, like, and I opened my eyes because I was kind of like, you know, I was dozing off. It was, it, it's like three in the morning and I'm dozing off. I'm nodding my head. I'm like fading in and out and I hear like gravel, like, and I, that's the sound of gravel, y'all. And I turn over and I look, or at least I like, I slightly turn my head and I look on the side mirror of my bus and his 18 wheeler parks behind me not directly behind me no 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 but enough to where i was you know i thought to myself hey hey man you know probably like a good 50 feet 100 feet away from me you know and he just had his lights on shining on me and i thought please don't don't ask me if if i need help not that i don't want it but it's just i have a tow truck coming i'm fine you know i'm good i don't need help i don't need a jump i don't need you know and he didn't. He he didn't he didn't even get out of his truck. He just sat there with the lights on me. So I uh you know, I did what every American would do. Reach in the glove box and I pulled out my nine millimeter and I put one in the chamber. Simple as that, y'all. And I and I left that I left that fine piece of Italian steel sitting on my lap. He, he never got out of the truck. He actually turned off all of his lights, which then made the canyon go pitch black, <laughs> which that was a treat and a half. And he never once got out of the truck. I think he actually used it as a stop just to sleep. But just for a few seconds, I thought, what is happening? And it's, you know, it's it's a weird feeling. It That's a weird. And I guess I guess it just makes me think about all those unfortunate people who you know, end up going missing or losing their lives out there um, just by meeting creepy people, you know. It makes you wonder what they were feeling in their last moments, and they must suck. But that's a really dark thought to leave you all with. See ya. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's just how I end the podcast. Oh, hey, guys, see ya. No. Um, but yeah. And then the other creepy moment, and this is like the creepiest thing. Like, I'm saving the best for last on this one. This is before I told my friend to leave. I know. Before I told him to leave. Which means I sat out there after experiencing this. The, so the three of us. So two of my friends and I sat in, uh, in my Tahitian friend's car. As we were waiting for the tow truck driver. This is before I had the idea of like, hey, just take her home and come back for me. I got out of his car to get some drinks from the bus because I thought, you know what, we're, we're going to be here for like an hour and a half. You guys want like a Mountain Dew or something? Let me give you my opinions on Mountain Dew really fast. 
before anybody goes, oh, you so you like Mountain Dew. No. I like the different flavors of Mountain Dew. Original Mountain Dew, I could go my entire life without it. Doesn't really do much for me. But the different flavors of it, oh my gosh, that's a treat and a half, man. That's a treat and a half. Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. I know a lot of people don't like it, but the watermelon one, to me, that thing's delicious. Um, the green apple one, sensational. Spark, delicious. When I was in Japan, I had Mountain Dew Violet, which is the grape. Delicious. I could just keep going on. I loved I loved their flavors. They're different flavors. That I like. Code Red, you kidding me? Huh? Dude, you can't... Fun fact about Code Red, it was actually supposed to be a limited time flavor. It was loved so much that they kept it permanently. So that, you know, Code Red is amazing. Um, yeah, no, there's just, it's great. It's great. I digress. Point is, is I, oh, Live Wire? Sorry, one last thing. Mountain Dew Live Wire? Delicious. I'm not a fan of orange soda. I know it's like, not even Fanta, not at all. Orange Fanta doesn't do it for me in the slightest. In fact, I will, I will drink spring water before, <laughs> before I have a swig of Fanta, orange Fanta. Can't do it. Does not. Mm-mm. But Live Wire Mountain Dew, it's so soft. Like it's like a really soft, playful orange flavor. It's great. I really like that one. Anyway, I um. So I told my friends and said, "Hey, you guys want a Mountain Dew? I have Live Wire and Code Red, in like a twelve pack, like like the cans." Um, my Tahitian friend says he'll take a Code Red. So I got out of his car, walked over to my bus. I grabbed two Code Reds. As I was walking, or as I was about to, as I was trying to close the door, the the sliding door of the bus. I heard a voice say, hey, are you all right? And I looked over and I thought it was, and it was, it was kind of like a female voice and it sounded just like my friend. So I looked at my friend cause she was sitting in the front seat and I made this face to her. I was like, yeah, okay. And she's like, what? So she like cracks the window like a little bit. She like rolls it, rolls it down a tinge and she goes, what? And I go, did you just speak? And I don't know why I... Okay. I do know why I, I, I asked her that. But it, like after I looked over at her and I was like, what? Something in my body said something's weird. There's something off about that. So I, I, I don't know why. I looked at her and after she was like, what? I said, did you just speak? And she replies, no. I say, so you, so you didn't just ask me. If I'm okay. And she says, yeah, no, no, I didn't say anything. And so I, I looked at my friend in the driver's seat and he says, yeah, no, she didn't say anything. And I went, oh, so I closed the door super fast and I ran to his car and I jumped in his car and I locked the doors and they're like, what? And I, and, and I told him, I said, no, I'm telling you, I promise you, I literally just heard. And I'm telling you guys. It was clear. It wasn't like um, it wasn't like you thought you heard something. No, no, no. I heard it. 
It was like those weird moments when when somebody says your name and you like look over, but there's no one there. You know, when you're at, like at the park playing basketball and you hear Kevin and you look over and, you know, um, my name's not Kevin before anybody goes, oh, he said his name. I just I just use that as an example. I have like five different fake names for people to contact me, <laughs> you know, uh, one of like the one I use commonly is usually ends with the last name of Swan. I don't know. I just like that. So I have a I have many fake names. So if anybody sees a name that is like associated with me, it's probably it, it's like ninety percent fake. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, I've been very careful and precise. So if anybody ever gets an email and they go, "Oh look, his name's on there," it's not. That's literally a fake name that I just thought of. So commonly though, the last name will be Swan. So I usually swap it. Kevin, Charles, like Charles Swan, Kevin Swan, things like that. So uh, I think with Mr. Patterson, I used Robert Swan. <laughs> you know, I'm just, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just being real. Um, but yeah, so I, um, so, you know, I run it, I run into my friend's car and I'm sitting there. And so I start telling him, no, no, no I heard this voice. And I'm telling you guys, I really heard it. I heard it sounded, if if I'm being completely honest, this is like some skinwalker level stuff, man. It sounded like my friend. So how would I explain this? So let's imagine it like this, okay? I'm standing, you know, I'm facing forward and to my left is my friend. She's probably 10, 15 feet away from me. And let's say she's directly to my left, right? Smooth left, like 90 degree turn. She's right there. I heard this thing and let's, oh, I'm sorry. Let's make it easier. Let's, let's, let's look at it in the sense of like clock. You know how like the military, you know, on your six o'clock. Let's do that. Okay. So she would be my um, 12, 11, 10, 9, uh, 8, 8 o'clock. She'd be around my 8 o'clock, 8 or 7. I heard this voice. No joke. I heard this voice. No. Yeah, okay, so I'm sorry. My friend would be around my 9 o'clock. The voice sounded like it came from my seven or eight o'clock does that make sense so it came from diagonal left behind me you know and it was like feet it was like feet away not close but like a good distance and i just hear from the darkness hey are you okay and that's why i turned to my friend i was like did you just say something because it was so off and the sound of everything in it and I heard her voice. It sounded like hers, but really weird. And so that's what I'm saying. That's some skinwalker stuff because apparently, you know, they can mimic voices. What's disturbing is I was talking to somebody about it two two days ago. Yes, exactly two days ago at, at the time of this recording. They, and yeah, you know, they told me that, he, that believe it or not, that's skinwalker territory. That whole area apparently is just 
jacked. Apparently there's like rumors of skinwalker activity and stuff and all that. And um dude, just just even talking about it, I I get like slight chills. It, it it was I can't even explain it. It was such a weird like just looking at her and go did did you say something? No. I went, "Okay. Well, see ya." <laughs> like I wasn't playing around. I slammed that van door and I like my feet didn't didn't even touch the dirt. I floated straight to that man's car. I was gone, man. And oh, and let me tell you, I freaking brought that handgun with me. You kidding me? You think I'm not going to have it? No, nah, man, I was packing that heat, that fire. But yeah, so that's like that was really interesting. And I didn't think I'd even I I I seriously, I didn't think I'd ever experience anything like that in my life. And sure enough, there it is, right there. Just seriously, serious. And what was funny, and I think this is why it's also really creepy. And I say funny in like a horrifying way, as in like you know when like you almost get hit by a bus or something, and you laugh it off, and you're like, ha ha, that was you know that was really scary. You know, it's like one of those things. It's that kind of funny. You know, where it's like. It's like, I'm just, I'm so scared I have to laugh. My friend and I were just talking about, or I guess like an hour before I heard that voice, my friend and I, before our friend came and saved us, we were talking about skinwalkers. And I rolled down my window and I was like, come kill me. Because I was so mad about everything. And they say to never joke like that. And I did. I did the cardinal sin, man. I performed the cardinal sin. I, I I guess I wasn't taunting, but you know, I don't want to say mocking. It was more like I was teasing. And I and they said to never do that. And I did it. And an hour later, I hear, hey, are you okay? It, it was a really weird experience. Now, if somebody says, oh, maybe you were tired and all that. Yes, but... The way that I work, like the way that my brain is, I don't I don't really hallucinate. I really don't. That's not my thing. I have a very strong command over my mental psyche. I know that because there's been many things I've experienced in my life where I really wish I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a good command of it, but no, I I do. So I thought it'll be appropriate, you know. Since this is just a really relaxing podcast, you know, that I'll just go back to reading some creepy old ghost stories from Reddit <laughs> just to end the podcast well. So I found this one. I skimmed through it and some of the comments to it are saying it's actually quite beautiful. So let's see. The, the post is by... Whiskey hangover. Whiskey is spelled normally, except for the I is the number one. But whiskey hangover. He writes, or they write, excuse me. They write. When I was a kid, my favorite uncle was the youngest in the family. He was my hero. He had just finished high school and I was like maybe 10 or 11. We would go and visit on spring break, and over the course of the summer, 
and the course of the summer, I always looked forward to seeing this guy. We'd listen to records and tapes, and he introduced me to bands like The Cult and Inks, The Doors, David Bowie, Stevie Ray Vaughan. As I entered my teenage years, my life started, and my friends became the center of my universe. And those spring breaks and summer visits eventually stopped happening. Eventually, I graduated high school, and around that time, my uncle started a family. A few years out of high school, my mom called me to let me know that my uncle had passed away. I hadn't seen him for a few years, and I asked, what happened? And the only reply I could get out of her was that he was sick. It wasn't until years later... I had found out that he had taken his own life. Oh, I'm sorry about that. He didn't leave a note or anything, but the general consensus is that uh, he learned he didn't have long to live, so he took the easy way out. Here's where things get interesting for me. Shortly after the funeral, I started having dreams. I'm a pretty lucid dreamer. Not in the sense that I can decide what I want to happen in a dream, but I can recall my dreams in very vivid detail. Maybe there's another word for that. I'm not sure. Anyways, I started having dreams about my uncle. Sometimes we were just sitting in his room from when I was a kid listening to music and making jokes. But over time they became very strange. One dream I had, we were in a movie theater, sitting really close to the screen, and we were eating popcorn, and the screen was playing something, but I couldn't distinguish what it was, and my uncle was talking, but I couldn't figure out what he was trying to say. Another was the two of us in a hallway, and the doors were locked. The most troubling I dreamed excuse me, the most troubling dream I had about this guy, which was also the most recurring, is when I would find him sitting at a rope bridge. He would stare at this bridge and get up and try to walk across it. But there were snakes that would strike him when he tried to cross. A snake would snip at him, and he'd go back to where he was sitting and just look at me, then look at the bridge. So I'd walk on this bridge and look across every few feet and just to see a very angry snake all the way across. It was snakes. So I grabbed my uncle's hand and I took him out onto the bridge. And he would be apprehensive because of the snakes. So I stood in front of him and kind of hopped up and down on the bridge. The momentum, or whatever you want to call it, from me bouncing on this rickety old bridge made the snakes very angry. But he, but if you bounced enough on it, the snakes would eventually teeter-totter over to the side. It was a very strange, eureka kind of dream. So my uncle would step out on the bridge. You'd walk a few feet, bounce the bridge so the snakes would fall off. And the dream would always end with my uncle making it across the bridge. And I'll get this feeling of reluctance to follow him across. And right before I would, I would wake up. 
I had this overwhelming feeling of sadness every time I did. These dreams happened for almost 20 years. Always the same. Me and my uncle shooting, shooting the poop or me helping him solve a puzzle for some sort of time. The snake and the rope bridge was the most common. I never told a soul in my family about my uncle and I. I always thought it would be upsetting. Like as if he wasn't at rest. As if maybe he was in some sort of purgatory or something. I don't know. Maybe he was. I eventually just came to accept that my uncle was haunting me. And for the most part, I didn't even mind. My grandmother died a few years ago. Nothing tragic. She just caught pneumonia and never really recovered from it. And then one night she went to sleep and she never woke up. We celebrated her life. Hugged and healed the way the families do when death comes to visit. Since my grandma's funeral, I haven't had a single dream about my uncle. Not one. I think that was the confirmation I needed that there was something out there for us after we died. Or maybe my grandmother passing away was just the catharsis I need to let my uncle go. I look back on it now, and I like to think that my uncle was just lost. He was lost in life, and it would appear that that carried on in death. I also think my grandmother, on her way to the sweet hereafter, found her baby boy, picked him up, dusted him off and brought him home wow <laughs> that was that was oddly beautiful there was a level of uh of solace in that one you know walking that tightrope of sadness and beauty that was really intriguing <laughs> excuse me see I'm tired man I don't know what's happened to me. Ever since that day, I've just been dead. But I'm going to keep going, because you know why? This is just too darn fun. That was a really nice one. Wow, that was a really nice one. Okay. Let's go read this one. This one's up, uh, I'm sorry, this one was posted by Trav Makes Music. <laughs> Trav. The post says, I've got a few from my grandparents' ranch. The original house was built in the early 1800s, and there was a graveyard from the original family that's still there. Oh, wow. When my family first bought the property, the previous owners were still living there for a few years until they moved. My grandfather was riding around and saw a guy from a distance dressed in slacks, a white shirt with suspenders. My grandfather assumed it was the previous owner, so he drove over to say hi. As he got closer, the guy walked behind a bush and seemingly disappeared into thin air. He told the previous owner about it, and he asked, was he wearing a white shirt and, and suspenders? Apparently, they've seen him a lot wandering around in the evening. 
almost always where my grandpa saw him too. A few months later, when I first came to visit them, my cousin and I were playing PlayStation 2 in the living room around midnight. Oh, that's so classic. Oh, I love that sentence. There is a huge sliding glass door facing the backyard and barn. I noticed two people walking around outside with what looks like rifles and some sort of Civil War cap. It looked like they were marching almost. Eventually they kept going into the darkness while my cousin and I were pooping ourselves in silence. Nothing really happened for the next few years besides some footsteps and weird feelings. I would hear super loud footsteps at night and assume it's somebody walking into the kitchen. I would get creeped out, so if someone else was awake, I would take the opportunity to go get food. When I realized no one else was awake, I ran back into my room. Fast forward to when I lived there during my college years. I had my own little cabin down the road, and it was really creepy, but cool. One night I had a friend over, and we were up pretty late. We heard some footsteps on the gravel outside and then louder footsteps on the front porch. Then I saw a silhouette of someone through the window walking around. I jumped up to go make sure it wasn't some meth head. (laughs) But when I walked out front, there was nobody there. And it's an open area, so there would be no place for anyone to run or hide. Safe to say we didn't get any sleep that night. That's about all the super creepy stories I have. But plenty of your typical paranormal things have happened over the years. This was on the Devil's Backbone in Texas, by the way. If you know the stories of that area, you know it's a creepy place. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I'm always fascinated by those stories where there's like Civil War people. I'm not trying to be like a, you know, like a, I'm not trying to geek out on anybody, but a few episodes ago, uh, ago I was talking about a video game called Death Stranding. And the topic, you know, like they talk about ghosts and stuff in it, though I guess their own version of ghosts. But anyway. You know, so there's this, there's these areas called the beaches, and that's essentially your afterlife, I guess, if you will. I'm going to butcher it just because it's easy to explain it this way. So before anybody goes, actually, that's not just, this is just easy to explain. A beach is essentially your own afterlife. It's like your own purgatory, I guess, you know. It's your own area. When you die, everybody gets a beach. And it's a literal beach. It's a literal beach, (laughs) and the sand is black. There's one person in particular where they come to find out that his beach isn't a beach. It's a battlefield, but it acts as a beach. It's essentially a beach, but it's a battlefield. And it brought up, and the reason I'm saying this is because it brought up the idea that 
he lived his life as a warrior, you know, as a uh, as a veteran. He lived his life as a veteran. And now even in the afterlife, he's still fighting those wars. If time flashes, and I guess this is what I'm trying to say. If time flashes aren't real, if they just don't exist, then why? Why would somebody consistently relive war as their purgatory? If there is a creator, then is that what, like, are we doomed to be stapled? To what we were. Example. Now that Art Bell has passed on. Is his purgatory. To sit behind a microphone. In a radio room. Talking. Forever. I know it's like. But that sounds nice. Because isn't that what he did. Yeah but. But why. Are we surrounded by. By what we were. In death. From what we did in life. You know what I mean? I don't know if that made if that made sense, but it's really intriguing when I hear those stories. Of course, in those moments, I do I do believe that there was a such thing as a uh, a time flash. I think in some moments, I I believe it was a time flash. So maybe in that moment, I, I you know. If it's not a time flash, then what is it? Are they existing in limbo? And their limbo is an endless war? Really interesting. This next story is posted by The Intrepid. The post says as following. Boy, do I have a story for you! Exclamation mark. Years ago in college, we were sharing ghost stories when a friend told a tale in which the parent did. As you su- as you suggested, it was logical. Eventually, switch rooms with the child to find out the truth. So the full story is, is that when his parents, parents and their two boys, moved into their new house, everything was basically hunky-dory, except for my friend's little brother who was having trouble sleeping and insisting that his room was haunted. The parents figured it was just a symptom of the move and that he'd get over it. But as time went on, the youngest boy got more paranoid and anxious about the room, and not less. Eventually, Bedtime became such a hassle with this child that the father relented and said that this time he'd sleep in the kid's room to prove it wasn't haunted while the boy would sleep in his parents' bed with his mother. So the morning after the swap comes and everybody's miling about getting breakfast when the dad comes downstairs and people, of course, want to know how he slept. To everyone's surprise, he says to the youngest child, Yeah. You're not sleeping in that room anymore. Which, obviously, wasn't what people expected. Apparently, as my friend recounted, when his dad slept in the room, he reportedly had to sleep sleep facing the wall 
because anytime he slept facing outwards towards the room, he couldn't escape this really awful feeling that someone or something was knelt by the bedside, staring him in the face. And that, as you can imagine, did not lend itself with well to a restful sleep. Once the youngest child was out of that room and settled into another room, the drama over bedtime stopped. Now, my personal take on this is that the, is that the dad actually slept fine, then lied to the kid the next day to vindicate him, effectively playing into the kid's logic about the room being haunted, while fully intending to change his room so as the end as to end the nightly drama. But it's a fun story to say either way. Huh. I don't know. I feel like in those moments you know, you should probably listen to some children. Because I get that kids have a wild imagination, but at the same time, man, there are certain things that kids kind of don't cross the line on. You know, I feel like it's like this weird innate human thing that we don't like to mess around with ghosts when, like, you know, when it's time to get real. So, like, an example being, like, when it's time for bed, you know, when it's time for, like, seriousness, like, hey, come on, let's go to sleep. In those moments, I feel like kids don't really lie. Unless I'm crazy, but I don't know. I really don't feel like they would, especially for keeping the joke on. Kids don't have, um, kids, I feel like kids don't have the stamina to keep something going for days. You know what I mean? Maybe like for a night or two, that's it. You know, they get bored and they move on to the next joke, you know, to the next entertainment. That one's different, <laughs> you know, for days on end. I don't know. That's a different one for me. This next one. This one was posted by Rage Reset. The post says as follows. This is my mother's story. I have no reason to doubt her. And she's never told another or been concerned with the supernatural. She does have a vaguely spiritual streak. But that's all. Mostly, she's pretty much non-nonsense. When she retired, she got heavily into family history. Oh, good, good woman. That's a good woman. At some point, she obtained the diary of my dad's mother, who, who passed perhaps 20 years previously, who we had called Nan. Nan had been a very stiff and proper English type called everyone dear, used adjectives like terribly and perfectly dreadful, and was always relentlessly formal and seemed to be slightly offended at all times. She was also an intensely private person and never wanted anyone knowing her business. So one night, my, my dad was away, and my mother, home alone, sits down with a diary and starts going through it. It's raining. Nothing unusual since uh, they live on the coast. She gets up, closes a few few windows, and goes back to the diary. The rain now turns into a storm, and it gets windy, real windy. She goes to the other room and shuts the window there. Comes back to the diary. A few more minutes go by, 
And she's been looking at the diary for maybe about 15 minutes at this point. Suddenly, the intercom to her right bursts to life at full volume with static coming from the speaker. They lived in a three-story house on the side of a hill that was originally built by an electrician. So there are a million lights, PowerPoints on every wall, and every room has an intercom. After recovering from the fright, she turns off the intercom. The one in the next room is still going on full blast. So she gets up, shuts that off, and she can hear the rest of the house downstairs still going. Every intercom. She heads down to the middle level, where the master unit is, and turns the intercoms off. She's, she's beginning to go upstairs when she notices all the pictures on the wall. My mother's heavily into hanging things on walls, big, small, paintings, family, photos, etc. They're all askew. All at similar angles, not at random angles. Meanwhile, the storm has increased. The floor that she is on is lined the length of the house on one side with timber-framed windows. Even the tops of the windows are wet with rain, which rarely happens, and it takes a proper storm to do so. As she stood there taking this all in, which she can only describe as an intense gust of wind, rattles the windows from one end of the house to the other as if a speeding train went past on the balcony outside. Instead of fleeing into the night in search of a hotel room and a real estate agent, as I would have done, she calmly goes upstairs, calmly shuts the diary, calmly puts it in a cupboard, shuts the cupboard, says, I'm sorry, Nan, to the empty room and goes to make a cup of tea. The storm dies down. She writes all the pictures, and that's that. Here's the kicker. Someone from her job lives on the same street, like ten houses down. When she sees him the next day, she mentions the storm. What storm, comes the reply. My mother responds, what do you mean, what storm? I'm talking about the gale force storm we had last night. The gentleman looks at her funny and says uh, he would have known if there was a storm since they had dinner on the balcony that night and there wasn't a storm at any point. Reading this back, it sounds made up, but I can only swear it isn't. I lack the imagination to make up something like this. So, shout out to Nan if she's somehow reading this. I promise I won't be reading your diary. <laughs> wow. That's a... Uh... Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Okay, I got about two more stories in me, so let's go, uh, let's go knock them down. This one is posted by, oh my gosh, I have no idea. Sahelio. I believe I said that right. I hope I did. S-A-H-E-L-L-I-O. 
Sahelio. Sahelio. The post says, My wife, a 29-year-old female, and I, a 34-year-old male, we went to Maine for a wedding. We flew into Boston and rented a car to drive up the coast to one of those small seaside towns you see in postcards with a lighthouse in the background. If you never made the drive before, you know that the city of Boston fades away and crossing into Maine requires no signage because it's like leaping out of the city directly into miles and miles of never-ending forests and wilderness. The bride's father had arranged for a series of rental cabins along a hill facing an ocean inlet just outside of town. Each cabin varied in size and was separated along the hill by anywhere from 30 to 60 yards, and each was properly hidden among more of these thick, ominous trees. What struck me about the property was how isolated it felt and how difficult it was to get from the dirt road drive down approximately three or four flights worth of treacherous rocky steps just to get to the front door of our cabin. With no neighbors in sight and rocky treacherous hike to go down there, it felt pretty isolated and unlikely anybody would come into our little campsite. We caught up with friends and slowly everybody made their way back to their respective cabin and went to bed for the evening. I, however, had just spent the week working in California and decided I'd rather get some work done on my laptop before heading off to bed. I also took the opportunity to post up on a rocking chair on the porch. At this point, the porch was pitch black and the only light that came that came was from the moon on the water and the soft glow from my laptop. About 25 minutes had passed, and all was pretty normal, until I heard something moving through the bush and the trees just down the small footpath next to the cabin. At first I didn't think anything of it. Woods, nighttime, small critters, maybe a compatriot in the next cabin. Who cares? So I shook it off and glanced at my watch, noting that the time was around two in the morning. Then I heard it again. It was much louder and much closer. It felt like something massive was coming down the hill in the trees, and it was knocking large branches down that then tumbled down the hill in a cascade of rocks and summer leaves. Instead, I was filled with an intense sense of dread. The kind of dread you may only feel a few times in your life where your body freezes in place. But your adrenaline explodes underneath, making your senses go wild and the tips of your fingers go numb. I've been there a few times. It's a rush and a half. Something told me to get out of there. Immediately, I closed my laptop and quietly went inside and locked our cabin door. It took a bit to fall asleep that night. The next day, we jumped on a ferry and went to an awesome island off the coast to go on a hike with the group and to take some photos together. We were sitting around the small island brewery, and we were discussing our weekend living arrangements when I commented about my experience with the creature in the woods the previous evening. The bride's cousin, 
30-ish male across from me, whom I had just met the day before, went white and his eyes as big as saucers. He looked at me and asked if this happened around 2 in the morning. This shocked me and I confirmed the time. He was embarrassed to tell his story because he had just met us and at the time he was in a bit of shock and thought he'd imagined the entire thing. He was laying alone in a small solo cabin down the way from us reading his Kindle in the dark. At around 2 in the morning he heard the same noises I heard, only they were closer, much closer. The thing, whatever it was, approached his cabin and walked across the porch loud enough that the boards creaked under its weight as it moved from one side to the next. It was dark. He never got a clear view of it through the window, but confirmed with me that it was massive in scale, maybe around seven feet tall. He was in such shock, he turned his Kindle off and hid in his bed in the dark, in shock, until the thing moved on. But no cell signal and no desire to make the attempt to get to the other cabins in the dark, he eventually fell asleep. After telling us that story, he slept the next night on the couch in a cabin he shared with other members of the family. The solo cabin was left empty. The funny thing is I made a Bigfoot joke on the way in, and we even stopped near Museum of the Creature. Excuse me. Never thought I'd actually have a close encounter with what could have been described as one. Wow. Not so much ghostly, but interesting. A Bigfoot story to squeeze in there. So... The final story, this one's called The Demon's Room. It's a post. I don't know who posted it. It doesn't say. So I can only hope that someone gets credit. So I'm sorry. The Demon's Room. I worked as a forensic nurse in a hospital's lockup unit. We had one older lady who swore she was being haunted and abused by a demon that she would call Tiberius. So many crazy things happened while she was in, well, what that she was on the unit. Excuse me. We'd go into the room, do normal care, leave, and seconds later she'd start screaming bloody murder. We'd run back into the room to find her looking like she's been in a fight with a boxing champ. Bloody lip, black eye, markings all over her body. And no one ever saw her doing this stuff to herself. Things would get moved around the room by themselves. At one point, she was in protective restraints because the doctor thought she was self-harming. There was no way she could have moved or done anything to herself while in these restraints. But new marks would always appear on her tray cart. Oh, would always appear on her or her tray cart would be across the room. The room was secure, so there was no way someone else was doing this. When we asked her the question, she'd just say it was Tiberius. After she was discharged, we had trouble with that room. If there was going to be a rapid response or code, it happened in that room. One night, a guard reported lights turning on and off, and it was indeed that room. Huh. 
That was interesting. <laughs> Tiberius. I feel like I've heard that name before. Hmm. Well, I feel like that was like a good collection of stories. I want to thank you. Sorry for uh, a late upload. Crazy. Life got a little crazy. So, anyway, just to wrap it up, because I'm really tired and I don't want to waste any more time. If you have, if anyone has something to share with me, if you just want to email me, send me some love or anything, email me at storiesatmidnight at yahoo.com. Storiesatmidnight at yahoo.com. So, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everyone for listening. It would appear that the uh, that the conversation is coming to a close. The sun is setting. Or I guess in this case, the moon. The moon is setting on this conversation. And I hope, uh, hope everyone has a great week. I hope everyone has a, just a great time relaxing and enjoying themselves. Now, for the song of the week. For the song of the week, you know what? I feel like this is a... Uh, I feel like this is a good... <laughs> I feel like this is a good song, for especially for the week that I had. Let's go with Passing Out Pieces by Mac DeMarco. The song of the week, I'll say it one more time. Song of the week, Passing Out Pieces by Mac DeMarco. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope you have a great one. Until next time, take care.